Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTE GA podcast. It's the eve of the All Ireland football final, not quite the eve, but we're getting there. So myself and Rory have been joined by Eamon Fitzmaurice and Kevin McStay. How's everybody doing? Very good, Mike. Lads. Great, Mikey. Uh, Galway's resurgence is kind of it, it's 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 shown up the lack of uh, Galway pundits in our stable, Rory. So, Kev, you're going to have to be an honorary Galway man for today. That's no problem for you, <laughs> is it? I'm wearing the colours. Yeah, obviously, yeah, because that. Well, uh, all, all, all that I sent to him and here, all my, all my kin are are from from Galway. My my parents, obviously my grandparents, uncles and aunts, all my cousins, and uh, so certainly, certainly we're uh, we're wishing them the best. Look, looking over the fence, the old hill, in in a strange sort of a way. Yeah, you're looking over two fences, Kevin, yeah. on either <laughs> side. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I know, w- w- wishing them well. It's it, it's a good st- it's a good story. It's a good story for Connacht, and uh, they certainly have the outsiders, the you know, outsiders for sure. But they they, they have a they have a chance. No no, no, no question. Yeah, more more than a chance, as you all know. I'm wearing maroon for a reason. I, I backed them at the start of the championship. So this whole podcast is just e three trying to convince me why Galway aren't going to win the All Ireland on Sunday because I I'm 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 thoroughly convinced. Um, Eamon, how how is the mood in Kerry? Would you would you know there's an All Ireland final on Sunday? Well, it, it took you less than a minute to get in the fact that you tip Galway for the. Uh, you only do it for your benefit <laughs> at this stage. Compliments, compliments on that. Uh, no, there's a good there's a good uh, buzz down here. In, in fairness, uh, uh, Mikey, the colours are up and people are starting to get excited about us. Um, there, the, the quick turnaround is probably you know, a bit different the two weeks. The fact as well that it's obviously the middle of the summer uh, is slightly different as well. But nonetheless, there's there's great excitement around and uh, a lot of people really, really looking forward to the game now at this stage. And as I said, uh, coming down from the Dublin game and that win and then getting ready for a final, it's all kind of been a bit of a whirlwind. But uh, I'm sure that's for those of us outside of the group, inside in the circle, I presume. Everything's very calm and focused and looking towards the weekend. Uh, sure, look, it's um, after the, the compressed season uh, does mean you're kind of rattling from one final to another. I know my lot, my staff and me are chasing our hair trying to preview the final. I know Rory certainly is. is. And Rory, in the middle of all that, you've got the Tipperary hurlers and God knows maybe even Brian Cody trying to steal thunder from football. Hurling just hurling just won't get off the stage, will it? No, no, hurling is definitely trying to, uh, well, it's trying its best to grab as much oxygen, I think, as what Don Lowe described it as last Sunday night. And um, <laughs> I think, look, look, it was a good hurling season. And I suppose we're hoping for a really good finish to the football season. What's been a good football season by and large? I mean, you can argue the toss on the standard, um, but the standard is the standard. And um, uh, I think there, there's been some amazing stories incredible you know scenes and moments whether it's Derry winning a first Ulster since 98 obviously the Armagh Galway quarterfinal for right and wrong reasons grabbed so much attention um we had a, a brilliant All-Ireland semi-final between Dublin Kerry does it venture into the classic mode maybe it does again you people can argue you have some butts on that and look let's hope we get 
a final that befits uh, the day and the tradition of the two counties on Sunday. Yeah, the, the, that's interesting. Mention tradition, mention tradition, because Kev, um, there, there, there's this feeling out there. I, I kind of get it. I've seen it in a few places. Now maybe Daryl Shea's column. I think Barry John Keane did a did an interview. Uh, did a few interviews. We did one with the RT website, and I get this impression. And Eamon can correct me in a minute if he wants. But I'd like your impression first, uh, Kev, from from the kind of the Connacht perspective. There's this idea that maybe Galway are. Kerry light or they're kind of you know I can't believe it's not Kerry uh you know they're kind of they're the closest thing to Kerry that Kerry can see across their borders there's a respect there which to me this level of respect kind of might verge on kind of condescension perhaps you know somebody could argue do you think people in Connacht get that sense no I honestly I don't <laughs> no 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 you're putting words into my mouth there might be no, no, um, I was asking you a question. No, yeah, no, the words are from yeah, my mouth. <laughs> the, um, no, not condescension. No, no, absolutely not. No, um, it, it's one of the things I've I've often said. I'm sure on this podcast, it's one, one of the big the things I really admire Kerry for in in their preparation for. I was going to say big games, but nearly all championship games that they they give a great respect to the opposition. Now, they still expect to go and, out and, and then go out and give them a hug. Oh, yeah, and, and then go out and humble them. But no, the point I'm saying is, and I, I, I said this in the column this week, you know, in my lifetime, you know, of admiring them and watching them, I can think of Clare, uh, you know, in 92, Cork 2020, and there was one, oh, yeah, the, the I don't know, was, were you on that team, Eamon, the, the one where Meads walloped you. Were you on that? Sorry, if you are, sorry for being can't that remember, up. Can't remember, Kevin. You're breaking up there, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Up. No, I was, I was, I was. I was, okay. I was, yeah, I was yeah. center back that day, yeah. So the, um, like, they, they would be the three games that I just remember where they must have walked in with their eyes on a, on a different prize, you'd imagine. I I, I I wasn't there, I don't know. But, they, like, in, in championship games, Kerry do, don't not show up. So that, that's a marvellous testament to them that they, you know, you, you just don't see the no-shows very, very often over a long period of time. Um, Galway are proper, proper royalty mm. Uh, mm. in terms of the history of the game. Like they have nine All-Irelands, Mikey. Nine, exactly. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, I was actually looking, like, Mikey, I was actually looking, and, and Kevin, I was actually looking at it there last night. I mean, they are two veritable blue bloods of Gaelic football. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they both have very storied histories and past glories. I mean, you've hugely successful colleges teams, a Hogan Cup level, whether it's Jarlitz or Toome or the Sem in Killarney, you know, even right up to Eamon's current place of employment, actually, in public school, Cockaguina. Uh, that influence carries on through to third level. You know, many Kerry players in a whole host of Sigerson victories for UCC. And even this year, we saw NUIG winning a 23rd title to go level on the roll of honour with the Skull and Crossbones. And I mean, I think you might have been on a UCC team that actually won a county championship in Cork. Uh, and you beat Nemo in that final, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Then you look Spot at... Rory, yeah. we're, we're dragging up all the old yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, CV yeah, is yeah, being yeah, well-thumbed yeah, yeah, this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, but then, but even if you look at club successes, I mean, our Corafin, the greatest single club side that's ever existed, give me a better one, throw in Caltra, Salt Hill, Then on the Kerry side, Dr. Croaks, Austin Stacks. 
And then you've Sunday's teams with bagfuls of minor medals on the Kerry side, a Galway side with Cormoran Walsh from the 2013 and the 21 side, Maddie Tierney and Patrick Kelly from their most recent vintage two years ago. So it's dripping with history, tradition and football folklore on both sides. A fascinating final for the neutrals and one that should capture people's imagination given the two traditional football and philosophies in both counties. But I'm not entirely sure if we'll see the kind of open attack in football we would ordinarily yeah, that, that, expect that is, that is, that is, from the two of them on Sunday sure. coming, certainly in the opening stages yeah. anyway, but one to say well, nonetheless. As, as we all know, like these games take on a life of their own and the champion team, the winning team, eventually figure out what, what what's on offer in this game and they adapt to the circumstances the idea that this is going to be free-flowing from the first ball in just because there happens to be 10 12 elite standard footballers out on the field and it's all going to be love, lovely attack and stuff is well it's preposterous it's not going to happen no and, it's... Uh, pe- people will cut their cloth accordingly you can be sure of that and especially Galway in, yeah. in the opening quarter will will be very vigilant i imagine in protecting their own their own goal area until they get a foot because none of them have ever played in an All Ireland final, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, of course. None of the goalie players, no. So, um, whereas you know, Kerry have a handful plus, perhaps that uh, have that experience, and that is a big, big experience. I mean, mm. I was a one-time All Ireland finalist, and you know, it takes you all your, you know, just to get yourself right and keep yourself in 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 the in the game and understand what's going on around you and try and park the occasion like that is all out there it's noise and it is and unless you're reasonably cool-headed and calm you know they can get away from you very easily so you know there's those elements are in and that's why i think Galway will 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 um double down early on yeah and just see what what has the game got to offer mikey yeah but i i agree with that and i i it's something you hear reference a lot and naming be interested to know you know did the first differ from the second all-ireland because to me this factor of all-ireland experience to someone who hasn't experienced one it's kind of an irrelevance obviously it is they're going to say everyone on that galway team will say i'm just going to go out and play my game it doesn't matter and some of the some of them obviously will be able to succeed in that aim and i would imagine and some of them might fail horribly but for them it can't be a factor building up to the game because every one of them will say as Rory just said, the amount of big games they've played in, they say, it's just another game, I'll treat it as another game. And then I suppose we won't know until the rubber hits the road, will we? Yeah, that's exactly it, Mikey. And look, <clears throat> if you're lucky enough to win the first one you're in, you learn a lot while winning. And oftentimes, you know, the old saying of having to lose one to win one is, is a factor as well. Um, my first one was 2000 against Galway. We drew the first day out, even from the first day to the second day to the replay you'd learn an awful lot. Um, All-Ireland final day is different. It's different from the point of view of uh, the buzz going into the ground, the size of the crowds, the guard, the helicopter flying overhead. overhead. Um, Meeting the, the president, you know. The president, yeah. the, all the formalities beforehand, the changes, your warm-up, uh, the build-up to the game. You know, in Kerry especially, you know, you can go the whole way to an All-Ireland final and people are drifting along, the supporters are drifting along. There's no huge talk about it, but once you get to Nall Ireland final, then it takes over the county. So there is there is there is a lot to be said for having been there, done that. But of course, in Galway's situation, they're not going to say, Oh lads, sure we have to lose one to win one. They're just going to be saying it is another big game. There are the formalities. Keen O'Neill will be a help in that, in that he has been through that, you know, in the recent past. I know obviously. 
Podrick Joyce and Divoli and them would have been there back in the day themselves. But that's a long time ago to be drawing on that memory, whereas Kean was in an All-Ireland final in 2015. So, you know, he, he will have that bit of background in, in terms of the formalities around the occasion. Uh, but at the end of the day, when the ball is thrown up, it is just another game. And it is two goalposts at either end and the white lines and a referee and every, everything else that goes with the normal game. It's it's more the build-up and, and the before the game that is slightly different. And you just want to make sure that valuable mental and physical energy aren't burned in that. You want to be just at your absolute peak once the ball's thrown in. Yeah, and you just hope none of the Kerry lads bring their hurls out onto the pitch for the walkabout because they'll get in trouble for that as well, of course. Don't they bring footballs either? Yeah, I was about to say, in fairness to, to, to Don Logue, he was absolutely on the money with that point. Like, it is... I, I remember, Kevin, you were probably the same. I've I, And look, the lads in Crow Park, they have a job to do and I get that. I've had words with the groundsmen at times when, we, when we've gone up to big games, particularly when you're the first game, you go out... You're walking, there's no one in the stadium except yeah. the team. Yeah. And you're they're saying, no, lads, you can't walk onto the pitch now because you're actually allocated a time there in half an hour's time. And I used to be saying, listen, lads, we're going to be inside in the dressing room in half an hour's time getting ready. We're not going to be coming out then, but we're going to walk out onto the pitch now. No, there's a time. Well, <laughs> we, we, used, we used to just still walk out. I used to say to the lads, look, lads, we're going out. We're walking out onto the pitch. That's it. The, the, the crowds that are coming in today are here to see the players are not here to see me they're not here to see you they're not here to admire how beautiful the pitch is they're here to, to see the players so it is one of those you know one of those ones that needs to be I mean when you look at the soccer teams you take the Champions League final they have training sessions on the pitch the night before rugby yeah. they have captains run the day before and all this stuff but then in football and hurling we're not allowed to walk on the pitch an hour before the game like no. If you're the curtain raiser, you're that. That's always the big trouble because not only uh, do you feel like you're a second class citizen, you're you're over in the Cusick dressing rooms. And I yeah. certainly recall a Super Eight game where we were the curtain raiser, and we came out and like that. Uh, Eamon, oh Jesus! If you put your foot over the white line, it'd be amputated. But <laughs> the best he could offer us to that on the far side was if, if we wanted to walk around the pitch outside. <laughs> <laughs> and go down around the back of the go down around the back of the uh, of the canal end and, and over across the Hogan and back uh, uh, I think lads went five or six yards left to right and went back into the dressing room you didn't you did an Islamic prayer, prayer service there a couple of weeks ago where they were all out in the pitch praying to Allah yet a fellow with a hurley and a football can't walk out onto it like I mean it uh, is it's it's, um, just of, it's just one of those ones that need needs to be tweaked all right because like for players to go out and just have the little puck around or have a little tip around with the football. It's just a settler. It's just a settler. And it kind of, it's getting you into the, uh, the, the reason that you're there and everything else, particularly in an All-Ireland final day. And, you know, who's, it's not going to harm the pitch. You're not going to have fellas. And what are you saving it for? What are you saving it for at this time? You know, like it's yeah. going to be closed now for the, the next whatever however, however many after months. the after the camogie and the yeah. women's football yeah. finals yeah anyway carrying all the footballers they're, they're all so graceful and skillful so they're not gonna they, they wouldn't be kicking up any divots anyway like they'd just be gliding across the ground um well okay so let's get into it then you, you um you you've mentioned you've kind of alluded to it there um kevin i suppose the the thinking is the first 10 15 minutes of this match even though it's Derry. It's Kerry they're playing, and not Derry. Um, this the match could follow kind of a similar lines to to Galway and 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 yeah. Derry semi final, and that Galway will they'll sit in, they'll hope to frustrate 
Kerry the way they did Derry. I think Derry got three three early points, but that that was it. And then they started to to bash their head off a wall. And if and if Galway can do that and start drawing out the Kerry Kerry defense, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they'll consider that a pretty successful start to the game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, and my reasoning, um, and and it, it may well work on both sides. My reasoning um, is that defensively, I don't see either team changing anything. So, you know, Tyg Marley will do what he's been doing uh, rather well, too, it has to be said. And Dylan McHugh and uh, Kieran um, oh, Kieran Malloy will will continue doing what they've been doing. Uh, now, here, but here's the rub, Mikey. Uh, both teams are now coming coming up against elite foot passers, something they won't have they won't have visited upon them previously. Or didn't have visited upon them previously, um, in that the the Malloy McHugh role, as I see it, is essentially uh, making contact with the with the ball carrier if he comes into your area, and if not, um, sagging back and filling the passing lane, which is all good until you're faced with we'll say Brian Morn, excuse me, David Morn, um, uh, Shawnee O'Shea. Paddy Clifford, that standard of foot passer, who can actually bypass you in that lane, they would be that good. And obviously, if David Clifford or Paul Ganey, who I expect to be selected, if they find themselves out in the half line, absolutely the same. So they can they can take out a they can take out a sweeper uh, or a guy that's uh, filling filling a, a passing lane very very well. They won't have come up against this anywhere in the championship to date, Mikey. I would argue. And likewise on the other side. Paul Conroy is an, an excellent foot passer. Shane uh, Walsh is an outstanding foot passer. John Daly is a really good foot passer. These are the skills that the great skills you want to bring to Crow Park on All Ireland Final Day because they'll unlock things. Um, so Tyg Morley will be will be minding mind and home very carefully, and he needs to get his positioning sense spot on. He wouldn't want to be falling falling asleep or losing focus because they would, you know, as I say, thread the needle very quickly, and you're out of the game. One pass will take you take you take you out of that role. So I see them for that reason, you know, saying goals. Well, you know, Curry's mantra all year has been no goals, no goals, and it's been and been outstanding. The only time they've been beaten was with maybe goal of the year, I guess. Mm. Um, and uh, Galway will be likewise. I'm I'm sure of that because um, there is the potential on the inside line. Ganey comes up a big stuff on All Ireland final day. He, he's a he's a he's he's a temperament player. He, he has that. He's a street player with a good temperament, and he'd be wanting to put the semi-final behind him. And obviously, David Clifford is in there too, who's highly, highly dangerous. And they won't pass up goal opportunities at that level, as Comer won't either. You won't see them fisting the ball over now on a one-on-one with the yeah. keeper or that thing. Or if there's a two-on-one and they sniff it around the around the twenty meter, they'll develop it right in and take out the goalie if they can. That that's the level of player you're at. So that's fantastic to be looking forward to that. But I think the caveat is the asterisk is that. Um, the first 15 20 minutes i think will be kg yeah uh the, without a doubt um Eamon Gal- galway had got a lot of joy i suppose as the match stretched out by kind of keeping Derry honest and kind of doing what most teams don't do against Derry and keeping two or three forwards up um do you think they'll have to do the same against Kerry obviously the the Tyg Morley role is there and, and it's been pivotal they're not going to assign a player to Mark Tyg Morley because that would mean they'd basically be leaving themselves with no cover at the back themselves. But could you see them kind of keep after this initial kind of shadow boxing stage, shall we see? Could you see them being that brave against Kerry and maybe trying to keep two or three up and trying to trying to stretch Kerry? 
I think it'll vary throughout the game, Mikey. I think at stages they'll try to do that, that they'll try to keep Damian Comer as far forward as they can. Rob Finnerty, uh, Shane Welch, kind of that's triumphant that they'll be rotating. They'll try and keep one of them close to goals, maybe one of them halfway between. Now, all of them, I imagine Rob Finnerty will be the fella they'll try to keep closest to goal the whole time because um, he wouldn't have the same engine or the same defensive instincts as Damian Comer has in particular, but Shane Welch has as well. And when they're looking for that kind of quick transition to break out of their defensive shell, you know, they got a couple of scores against Roscommon where both of them were back and they were part of that counter-attack and they can both move Similarly, against Mayo, Damian Comer was stuck in a couple of, you know, where he got sucked very deep, got turnovers and drove forward uh, as well. So he's good at that as well. Um, I don't expect them, no, to push someone up onto Tyg Morley. I imagine what will happen is Kerry will match Tyg Morley up with Johnny Heaney and Johnny Heaney will, you know, play quite defensive, especially early on. And it'll allow Tyg to play his role uh, in front of Jason Foley and Damian Comer as much as he can. Um, but I agree 100% with, with Kevin. I'd say it'll be KG and Nervy early on. And both, you know, Galway have started slowly in the last two games. And, um, you you know, they, they can't do that against Kerry. I, like I played in All-Ireland finals myself where we got a start. And, you know, it's it's hard it's it's hard for the opposition to get back into it then. It's so half the battle, isn't it? It's yeah. half the battle. Yeah. And, and when... Um, with the way the Kerry are playing in particular, that if they get a start and that they're defensively solid and they're not looking like giving up goal chances, it's very hard to claw it back. So Galway will be conscious of that, you know, against Armagh, they clawed it back well in the second second quarter, similarly against Derry, but they'll realise that with the firepower Kerry have, if they give them that kind of a head start, it can be hard to get it back. So they will be defensive, as will Kerry, and they'll feel their way into the game and... Uh, um, I, I think even though it won't be as flowing early on, it'll still be very, it'll be interesting and it'll be it'll be enjoyable hmm. to watch. Yeah, um, Rory. The, the... I should have sorry, uh, Mikey. I should have mentioned also in in that passing department, Matthew Tierney, mm. a lovely left foot as he well. Is, yeah. With that thirty meter pass that, that that I was talking about. Yeah. Were, were you going to were you going to use the word intriguing there, uh, Eamon? Uh, yeah, I, had to go into, <laughs> I had to go into the thesaurus in my mind, Rory. Because <laughs> just won't come, you know. I could picture, I could picture a man below in, in Temple, Ke- in Temple Lord, Lord. Intriguing. intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so no. You're getting to know me too well, Rory. <laughs> uh, Rory. Um, the, the Kerry defence, so it's I think it's it's three goals in league and championship so far this year, mm. and as, as mentioned, Costello's goal uh, shouldn't have been a goal. It was just it was, it was a ludicrous shot. So the Kerry one defense, was a pe- one was a penalty, I think. Yeah, yeah, we had Pat on school and is here now at the end of the league. I think I may have made the mistake of saying they conceded two goals and it was one in Pat. But Pat, well, yeah, got, Darren McCurry got a great goal in the league game in Killarney as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric Canavan put in a diagonal ball, but it's the other the... one was a penalty. So there's been two yeah. goals from play, yeah. uh, which was the point Pat made quite vociferously to me one day. Um, so Rory, the Kerry defense has been fantastic, but in my maroon T-shirt, I will make the argument that I don't think they've come up against uh, a goal-seeking attack, even Dublin's as potent as this Galway one, the form they've been in this year. Probably not, but you could equally flip it on its head then and say, I'm not entirely sure if Galway have come up against the Kerry forward line or a forward line 
with the sort of depth and quality that Kerry have. And that's probably what makes... That's why they're both in the All-Ireland final, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> and that's probably what makes it so intriguing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, I think oftentimes, you know, reading, reading uh, previews and listening to previews, and again, the two lads have been managers, so they'd be in a much better position to appraise this. Much can be made of matchups and who's going to mark who. And I do think it's a significant thing, obviously. But I'm not so sure with the way Gaelic football has evolved, if it's as much of an issue anymore. Um, with the sort of health defence that now takes place. Like what, we, what interested me last night was... I. I watched the Kerry Tyrone game from last year, uh, just to, for curiosity. And like, it wasn't like they didn't. Okay, they had obviously a man marker on Clifford, but at no stage was it one v one in the way that Mick Fitzsimons was landed with the job from the Dublin perspective. And I think that was probably one of the most unusual aspects of the semi-final was that they effectively landed Fitzy with the job of a 1v1 which is a very difficult thing to do for any player you know especially a lad who's you know the wrong side of 30 and look he as as Eamon said he Clifford did tire in the second half I think Clifford is potentially carrying a wee bit of a knock and maybe has been all year long he doesn't look as fit as I've seen him in the past, um, but he'll still get on he a heap of ball. And equally at the other end, you know, people will maybe have their worries about chasing Foley on Comer, but Jason Foley's not going to be picking up Comer on his own. He just won't. I mean, he like, there's no way there, there is no he way. Won't follow him, he won't follow him deep into. Yeah. And what you're definitely not going to see Kevin is a 60-yard raker into Comer in a 1v1 on Jason Foley where Comer can kick it into an empty net. I mean, that is just not going to happen, <laughs> you know? So, look, I think that that part of it maybe is slightly overstated. I think what's probably more, I suppose, worrying, um, and look, it's a conversation for another day, is the way Gaelic football has evolved, really. And I think, you know, look, it's paint by numbers. It's, you know, it's big zonal defences now. And it's just about, I suppose, patience, concentration. Who's got maybe the greater mental fortitude to uh, to stick to stick the course, even if things aren't going your way. And I think from a Kerry perspective, they'll be happy enough to take on that challenge. Yeah, I think uh, I agree some games can be stultifying, especially when you get two teams who are playing in the same way. But Kevin, I would I would say most sports are American football is, you know, here's our defensive system. We know we think we know how you're gonna play and we're gonna try and stop you. And um, that's most ball sports are to an extent is you know trying Here to implement us, yeah. Yeah. So well, soccer, if... soccer soccer probably would have gone. The reality is soccer we would be now watching soccer in the same way as we as we watch Gaelic football with everybody basically inside 11 players camped in their own box to uh, avert the 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 possibility of a goal hanger but what did they do in soccer is they brought in the offside rule so they gave defenses another option 
from which to defend. You don't have that in GAA. So by and large, coaches are still adopting the McGuinness mantra, you, which you, is paying by numbers. You can still park the bus in a premiership game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah. And, and, and come out the right side of a nil-all or one-all. Yeah. No, no, so, no like, I, I think what my, my point, Kevin, is that that's that's what the game is. It is trying to beat what's in front of you. And I don't think either of these teams are going to do that. I think Galway will certainly do it for stages and uh, at the start, as we said. But it is, as Rory says, it's down to which team figures out the other one on the hoof, which is not down to the managers mostly. I think you'd both agree at this stage, once the teams go out on the pitch on Sunday, it's about the players probably figuring things out to themselves. So it's about problem solving. And as Rory said, to an extent, mental fortitude. And then you'd hope an individual piece of brilliance or two, which we'll have us all talking about it for a week or two um, afterwards. You see, you've actually touched on it uh, exactly. Uh, you, you called it problem solving, okay, on the hoof. I, I as a manager, as a coach, I'd call it uh, decision making. Mm. First cousins, identical twins, <laughs> same thing. Um, the the uh, what what happens? My sense of what happens at this level of the game, and I'm watching all the finals for years and years, is that. What you're going to see when the problem is posed in front of Galway or Kerry that they have to break down, <clears throat> the, the difficulty of answering that All-Ireland question is heightened by the fact that the skills of the players is dramatically improved from the year. Like you now have the two best teams in Ireland coming together at a moment. That's, that's what the All-Ireland generally is. In top form, peak performance, and you like what you won't see is stupid turnovers you'll only see turnovers as a function of outstanding pressure and stress put on the ball carrier or great tracking or outstanding tackling with the near hand or whatever and then when that happens you see the real skills in the transition and this is this is something we're going to see on sunday that the ball will be protected you know i i, I there was a period in the game in the semi-final like you rory i was doing my homework yesterday and to see the skill levels in ball retention, you know, for, there was, I think the Dubs did nearly a two minute one, very not far behind them, and going down tight channels and a little bit of evasion skill, and everybody has two hands. And, and the big thing is when they're passing the ball at pace, they're not killing the stride pattern. They're putting it right in front of you. So they're moving onto it and they're moving the chance up now to the opposition box in three, four seconds. That's how good these teams are. But they will figure a way, and the team that will win it will be the best decision makers. Mm. You know, the chance will the chances will present. We know the game will open up at some stage, and therefore chances will present either as a function of pressure or as a function of tiredness and fatigue uh, and and the game and fatigue and 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 the game opening up. And then it's the the decision that the problems are posed, as you're saying, who can solve them the best? Well, the best decision makers will solve them the best, and uh, and that's what I'm really looking forward to because both teams have top, top uh, forward lines. You know, they're very, very highly skilled players. Some of the most skilled players in the history of the game, I'd say, in Clifford and Walsh in, in particular. But don't walk away from the skills that I think uh, Ganey shows, that Potty Clifford shows, that I think Matthew Tierney has the potential to show. They, you know, so that's the bit I'm really looking forward to. Um, the, the problem solving, like who who sees the three and one but botches it? You know, who, who doesn't see the three and one at all? and kicks it over the bar and you lose by a point when it was actually a, 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 a goal chance if you'd only given, you know, we say if, if you want to score, pass the ball and just fill a lane after that and it'll probably just fall back into you uh, yeah. when they're taking out the keeper. But you have to have 
that level of, of, of ruthlessness to say, this is the goal chance that's going to win the All-Ireland or put us in a position to win the All-Ireland and then go after it. And I think both sets of forwards actually will display that, will display that uh, ambition anyway, yeah. not final execution. Rory alluded to it, Eamon, that there's, yeah, there's you know, the idea that David Clifford ha- has a knock. He probably hasn't been at his... Six points eight. in the semi-final. I know, yeah, I, no, yeah, no, yeah. But but I do, I do, I, 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 yeah. But I think, like Kevin, I'm sorry, no, I, I'm not. That's not me being critical of Clifford. Obviously not. He just, it just looks a little off what I would, you know, ordinarily see from. Are admittedly ridiculously high standards. Yeah, exactly. But does doesn't seem to be running with the same fluency. Yeah, yeah but we haven't I, heard. I, the... I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Honestly, now, Rory, uh, I don't see that. Honestly, okay. Though. Eamon, we haven't heard any rumours that he's in a wheelchair or he's had to have a leg amputated or anything like that. That's so, Saturday night. That's yeah. Saturday night. There's, no, there's, no time, there's no time for rumours. That's, yeah. ca- that's how bad the calendar is, Eamon. There's even time for Kerry rumours. So we're, assume- <laughs> we're assuming he's fitting well, Eamon, because we haven't heard he's had to rush to a, a lab in Switzerland to have a genetically modified foot reattached or anything like that. So No, no, I'd say he's fine. I'd say probably, Rory, what, what you were seeing possibly was he did miss a bit of training mm. and maybe that just that real match fitness that um that comes from just playing games maybe there was a small bit of that particularly in the mayo game and he got the knock early in that and might have been minding himself a bit but that dublin game and getting through the full dublin game and the pace and everything of that game that it'll have brought all of them on but it, it will have got him on but uh no, he's he's fine, Mike. I just think he'll have to be patient on Sunday. I think it's going to be a different type of a game for him. You know, Rory mentioned it already, the one-on-one situation with 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 Mitt, Mitford Simons and the way that the dubs back, back their men to do the job and then they try to get the plus one back to help. Um, that's always been the way they've done it. I think two things from Dublin is that when they were at their peak, the pressure that they got on out the field was incredible. The Flynn's, the Connellys, the Kilkenny's, Dean Rock, um, you know, Fenton, all of them, any of the players that were operating in that middle third of the field, it was very hard to get your head up and get a kick ball inside. And then when the ball was put inside, you know, you had Johnny Cooper, you had uh, Philly McMahon, you had Fitzsimons at their peak and they were, they were getting out contesting everything. So, they were a very hard team to play against, but I don't think the same pressure is on out the field now. And obviously, the lads um, inside have gone—you know—have gone the wrong side of thirty. Some of them, but for David for Sunday, there's going to be a lot of traffic. There's going to be a lot of trying to push him out towards the sideline, get him on ball out there. You know, when he gets the ball, there'll be players doubling up on him. And early on, you know, he might just have to be patient. And in, in 2014. James O'Donoghue played a kind of a, a decoy role for us. He played deeper than he'd played all year uh, because we knew the attention that he was going to get from the Donegal lads. And we also knew the, the capabilities of Paul Ganey and that if he got a bit of freedom inside, which he did and which happened early on, he got he got an early goal, which was great for us that day, particularly for a lot of the young players playing in the first game. So, uh, you know, again, the next day, it might be the likes of Paul that might get a bit of freedom because of the level of attention that will be going towards 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 David and um, Shawnee Shea as well. Uh, but David will have to be patient on Sunday. And then as the game goes on, it will open up a bit for him. And then he has the, the potential to really leave a mark on, 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 a, on a final. 
Yeah. yeah. Can, the, 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 I just throw in on, on the Clifford debate there with Rory and Eamon, Mikey, that bear in mind in the second half, he, uh, he and, and, and I take the point Eamon is making about the, the missing the training and the lack of sharp, sharp. Like he floated two shots, if memory serves me, just to the left and wide. That would put him up at eight points if he was at his level, his usual level. I don't think we'd be we'd we'd be getting too worried about him. But um, he'd probably be taken up. I expect by Sean Kelly. Is that the way you're? You'd thinking? imagine so, wouldn't you? Yeah. So. Now Kelly Kelly is a fine player, fellas. He's a, and he is mm. he is superb athleticism, uh, and he will be. He's the captain of the team. He takes his responsibilities and the taskings he'd be given very very seriously. And he marked the, him in the Sigerson final as well, Kevin. Yes, so he has the bit not of, too bad, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the experience of marking him before. Yeah. So there's I, a word I, in Galway that they're expecting Liam Silk to pick up uh, David Clifford, but I'm the same as you. I'd expect Sean yeah, Kelly to be on no, it. I, I think Silk, Silk will go after Ganey and Glenn will take the party or whoever whoever's left yeah, over for that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and here's here, here's the here's the, the the main point I wanted to make is that. Uh, and it hasn't happened yet because he's gifted, because he's so gifted. Uh, but, and I know he has a right foot, but he is magical and predominantly left. And surely on the man marker, you know, certainly in the act of shooting, you know, the trying to get into his eye line, trying to get across on that left foot, that Sean Kelly will, I absolutely guarantee, fellas, will have taught this through to the end. And he will go and try and put almighty pressure on his kithog. And, and and like, never mind trying to drive him out, Eamon. They will try to drive him right as much as they can because he, he's not at a hundred percent on the right. He's only at about ninety. But uh, th that would be that would be uh, a, a key a key look for them. Uh, and that's very it's grand here to be talking or grand for Parik Joyce and Keen O'Neill to be talking in a meeting room about that to go out and do it is is. But he will have help out defence, and you will see people diving close across his left. If he gets into striking, and you'd see the help out defense going in after him, and uh, you can go hard on those shots for the first two or three blocks and just give him the breeze of you coming across. And he said, Jesus, where did that come from? You know, no matter yeah. how good you are, uh, if you're being double teamed, yeah. You and your, um, see a few nice dummies so early on, Kevin. I think we will well, see some nice dummies, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, well, and of course, he has those two. You know, when you know, when let's <laughs> go into cricket close when they when they're going into field, like uh, you know, right in front of the batter and they get to wear the helmet. I think if you're trying to block David Clifford's left foot, you should be allowed to put on a helmet as well because <laughs> but sure, he, but you should be allowed to have a bat. <laughs> like, 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 he, he can do absolutely everything. I mean, he's just he's he's so special. And one of the things that I think maybe look obviously his scoring rate is phenomenal. But he's unbelievably hard to stop in possession as well when he actually gets the ball and he starts to run with it. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, certainly for the first 10 or 15 minutes while that feeling out process unfolds, if they just drift him out to the wing or maybe bring him out to the 40, just just, just get, get him on a little bit of ball and push him out like and, and, and just... Give him he's a small. He's a distance shooter as well, isn't well, he? Well, well, well. Like if he gets the ball into his hand, Kevin. Like, and when he starts a gallop, it's a foul. Basically, it's the only way you're going to stop him, really. Like, and then sure, Sean O'Shea steps up and bang over the bar. And the other thing, the other thing that I think would not surprise me at all. Like, there's a there's debate about whether David Moran will start. Like, look, that's uh, David Moran will, will start. Will what will start? Well, yeah, yeah. I I heard some people say David Moran will start, right? But one thing, I, one thing you can be absolutely given as a racing certainty, Kerry are going to lamp one or two into that square. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw David Morn just drift into the edge of the square. Look, he's not going to play full forward. He's like, done it before, drifting in. And he and just 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 David Moore just drifts in, and they'll say they might have one or two set plays where they'll just like lads diagonal ball. There's a keeper in there who's got a wobble in him. Let's just test him once or twice in that first half and see how he gets on, and then wait for David to get. Like I would not be surprised because Kerry will have a few tricks up their sleeve as well. You've got a very very wily manager, obviously on both sides. But, you know, like Jack, you know, will be a very smart fella. And that is a potential weakness in Galway. Mm, interesting. Um, another, the, the kick out, Simon, um, I was looking at some stats this morning. I, I, I don't tend to delve into them too much, but I was looking at them. Um, Kerry are close to 100% on kick outs because, you know, they seem to be able to get them away quick and, and short for the most part. Galway are quite used to having to battle a bit more and like their percentages on kickouts could be ranging between the 60s and the 80s percent. So uh, to the stupid like me, it would seem Galway should push up, make this a battle because they're used to living off, not scraps, but, you know, less than 100% possession on their own kickouts. Whereas, you know, why not make Kerry uncomfortable and give Kerry something they haven't had to do yet? Yeah, I think, yeah, look, as always, the kickouts are going to be huge, Mikey. I think Kerry's approach to Conor Gleeson I'm going to be interested in it early on because, look, basically, Conor Gleeson is most comfortable going long and he has a big boot and Galway planned for it. They have one that they kick out to Conroy and they, they get a bit of an overload. Tierney helps them out. They get the bodies around the brakes. Uh, that's one of them. And even though they're just at over 50%, they're happy to do that. And if they lose it, lose it long. They have another one that they like to go straight down the middle to Damien Comer, higher, sometimes a kind of a low scud to him. And um, then they do go with the short ones as well, but it's only if it's really obvious uh, that they'll, they'll chip out the short one. Another one they have is they, they come in for the bunch and rather than the backs being the target, it's actually Johnny Heaney or Shane Welch that comes down from the 12 sides down into that space and they get kind of a chip out out there so Kerry like Kerry have a press that they they can do they can do the aggressive press press the 444 or 534 and um, I, I I don't think they should do it on Sunday from the point of view that Conor Gleeson wants to go along I think they need the bodies further out the field so I think they just need to tag the the Galway backs take away that pocket at seven uh, that Galway like to hit and then be out under the long one um, from Galway at the other side then yeah that's going to be a test of their metal like against Derry in the second half they pushed five into the full forward line to take away Oren Lynch had got away a couple of chips in the first half and they pushed five up which was brave and they backed themselves out in the middle of the field but I'm not sure if they'll do that against Kerry because obviously if if, if they do that Kerry go along and win us they're caught with their pants down at the back then and they're really yeah. open. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Kerry will go man and man and try to force them out long and try to go after it in the middle of the field, which Conor Gleeson will be happy doing anyway. Galway, I'll be interested to see how aggressively they press Kerry. And like you said, Kerry have got a lot of sharp ones away and Brian Bjorgliak, we mentioned it before, was courageous at the end of the game. But with the Kerry backs, something... With them, yeah, Shane Ryan was very courageous at the end too. And Shane Ryan, in fairness, some compliments to Shane Ryan as well. He was courageous, but like the Kerry backs have ferocious pace, 
um, Jason Foley, Tom Sullivan, Brian Begley, Gavin White, if he's fit, they're like they're not they're not quick, they're ultra quick. Graham O'Sullivan is quick, Tyg Morley is quick as well, even though he Paul might Murphy's not slow quick. if he has to come in either, exactly. is Exactly. Paul mm. Murphy's quick if he's to come in. But the four lads in terms of Tom, Jason, Brian, and Gavin, they're like they're top, they're rapid. So trying to contain them in a bunch and break is hard because they're going to get the bit of separation to get away for the chip. And Shane Ryan is good at that. So you question then, should they just be in position and give up that short one? So I don't know, basically, Mike, is what I'm saying, <laughs> but I'll be, I'll be interested. I'll be watching both sides with, with interest um, from an early stage. You've, yeah. you've, 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 uh, you've touched on in, and maybe Mikey, it's your next question, but um, the, the, the bench, then people coming off the bench. Um, I was doing a, a piece uh, for the pen picks on Saturday, on Saturday and uh, just started studying the bench impacts um, of, of the respective teams. Um, and at a glance, you would say, gee, that Galway bench looks very light. Um, uh, but then you think back to Kerry back in the Munster Championship when the three lads that swung it uh, against Cork essentially were David Morn, Paul Murphy and Paul Ganey, when the Cavalry arrived around the 50th minute, they're now essentially starters, starters as I read it for Sunday. So the bench has been diluted further. But um, the Galway one is particularly stark. Uh, if you go to the semi-final, lads, um, Finian Ali came on, I think, in the 61st. And then the next three subs came on, like the 68th, 69th, 73rd minute. And nobody's contributing on the scoreboard at all essentially I am surprised we haven't seen more of Tom O'Colhan I was expecting to see a little bit more from him but he, anyway he sorry make, Kev. He, he sorry uh, I just have it in front of me he didn't make the 26 even was, even in, in, in the semi-final is that right would I just check that yeah, no, that I was think... the first that was the first game he wasn't he, he had been number 26 for the previous mm -hmm. uh all of the previous games, but yeah. whether it was an injury or something, he was nearly their big star when they won the under twenty title oh, under a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the uh, now we're used to having this debate around all Ireland final time. You know, the twenty minutes to go, the stronger bench. Like look back to last year, Carl McShane, Derek Canavan coming in at a critical time and just pushing the dial another little bit and up the temperature, and, and Mayo can't cope with it and two big plays, a goal and and the point, and next thing you're facing for home, aren't you? So mm. the, uh, the, the this is a critical aspect of the final, Mikey, um, the, the relative strengths of the bench. And yeah, it would look, when you see Tony Brosnan, the two Spillans, well, Paul Murphy, we think he'll start, Crowley, Savage. Darren Minehan. Darren Minehan, like, you know, no, I think Gavin White, I, I don't want to push him now into giving away state secrets, but my, 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 um, Deep throats down in Tralee are telling me he's a, he's a goner, um, which is awful pity for the poor lad. It's shocking. It's one of the terrible things about these big days as fellas that miss it, miss them through injury. Uh, well, Jack O'Connor said he's in. Uh, didn't he say he's in a race against Simon? He's touching goals. So that means Eamon, he's surely fit. That's a racing game. <laughs> it depends now, Kevin. Your deep throat wasn't Tralee, so in Tralee he's ruled out. <laughs> yeah. in, 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 my deep throat isn't Killarney, and Killarney he's in. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's look, it's the, it's the usual thing. For, from his own personal perspective, and nothing to do with the team, is mm. he's, he's you know he's a great guy, and he's he's an absolute ultimate pro in everything he does. So 
for his own sake, I hope I hope he's he's fit and he makes it. Um, obviously, from the team's point of view as well, you you hope he's there because against that kind of a set defense, that that yes. rapid pace that he has is is an important weapon. Um, but no, you you don't. Again, it's usual down here. It depends on who you talk to. One person says no, 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 no. He's definitely back. He is fine. And then the I next saw, person, I saw him. I saw yeah, him. <laughs> I saw him. Yeah. The next person then is no, he's out. So I'd in the say, local hospital. Yeah. 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 So. The, the, uh, what what do you do, Conor Gleeson? We mentioned him already from the kickout point of view. Um, Eamon, Ducari, you know the home of the twin towers. How tempting is it here now to uh, kind of, kind of do do what Derry didn't do? You know, do, uh, which we uh, all were uh, surprised absolutely. by. Look, absolutely, and that's part of the Kerry DNA anyway, Mikey. And I think look, Kevin mentioned it already. The decision making thing when when that's on, they'll absolutely test his pulse and their pulse in there, and they'll put. I mean, in the first half against Dublin, they put two and, and high sorry, balls in. And, and sorry, Eamon, sorry to cut across you. I, again, look, again, you tell me better, but I think the key is to do it early. That guy is going to be nervous. Like, he is going to be a bag of nerves. This is his first All-Ireland final. It's a big, big day. So would you would you be saying, like, let's, let's test him early? Oh, I think so. I think what they'll do, Rory, is that, like, let's say, picture a, a Kerry kickout or a Galway kickout that Kerry win us and Galway are a small bit exposed at the back and the set defence isn't in place, that's the time then to put it in. That's that's where the decision-making comes in. You're putting it into one-on-one or two-on-two situation. You don't want to be kicking it in with two or three extra Galway backs back there and they break it out and they're breaking out at pace. Heads up. You have to have the head up and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah and it's giving, it's giving the, the crowd energy. It's giving the team energy. Like Kerry in the 2019 replay, I don't know if you remember that like the first half of that game was a brilliant half of football. It was mm-hmm. up and down the field and there was both sides kicked great scores, but Kerry actually put a lot of high ball in early and it didn't work at all. Because yeah, it was 10 all at halftime, I think. Yeah. It was it was, yeah. yeah, it was being broken out and it, it actually was given the dubs. It was given the dubs energy rather than giving Kerry energy. So I, I think it's one that will absolutely be done like against Dublin the first half the last day. Put in the first high ball, the goal came off us. Came, put in another high ball, uh, David Clifford caught it for a mark and put it over the bar. So they have it in the locker, but they won't want to overdo it either. It'll, yeah, it'll yeah. come down to that decision. And, and making the key, the, the, one of the keys as well, you mentioned the, the twin towers or any tower you're putting in. <clears throat> and that is obviously critically important, but of equal importance is the ability to give the ball. The skill mm-hmm. to deliver, it's usually a slicer to the back post and it has to hang. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and, the, and the big problem with it is when you go short with it because the twin tower is usually at the back post. So if you go short, the defender has the front position and just catches in his tummy and you look like a clown, you know. Uh, and, and again, so the likes of Ganey, who has a lovely, a lovely boot on him, Paddy Clifford, you know they have that skill. If and they, David Moran is up. very good at it, Kevin. Mm. Well, they, we're expecting, of course, he might be the one that well, he could be in, inside, yeah, but he, he might drift in. Uh, but maybe you know, O'Connor, Jamie O'Connor might drift in that type of a player. But the, the key, of course, is having the skill to execute that diagonal. And yeah. so many teams think about it, uh, but they don't execute the pass. And if the pass is any way off, it's out. It can't happen. And because, as you said, uh, the the short one is the killer. That's the worst one of the lot for the the target man. But but on, but on the direct ball, Mikey, I expect Galway to try it as well. 
and mm. again in the right situations yeah. like but Comer is incredible in the air with yeah, that one-handed fist the, absolutely no. and and the, like against Derry they didn't do too much because they couldn't because Derry had so many bodies back but if you think back to early in the Armagh game they put three or four long diagonal balls in and Eaton Rafferty actually did very well. He did, yeah. He, did. he really tested them, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. He was hot great ball yeah, clean over yeah. his head, yeah. yeah. He was he was attacking everything. The only one that they misjudged was the one that Comer got a punch on and it, it went wide. So they they were comfortable doing it as well against mm. uh, against our man, not so much against Terry. So I expect them at times the in the, the game to test it out. Be brilliant, won't it? I mean, yeah. The, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's two athletes now. Like Foley has, is, is a marvellous athlete uh, and, and Comer is explosive, as we know. So if, if they go to us, um, start tangoing around the edge of the square and, and we'll say Morley gets left to his own devices further up. If it was, if it was a true one, that'll be great crack. That will yeah. be, that, w- that will be worth watching. <laughs> it will. And who... who, who... crack our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Our hearts will be in our mouths. You don't like that sort of crack, yeah, but... <laughs> When it's someone else, Kevin. When it's someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rory, there's um, there's a little bit of intrigue on the sideline, I suppose, in, in in the identity of the two coaches and the fact that Paddy Talley, obviously now in in McCary, used to be with Galway, and of course Keen O'Neill now with Galway, he was in McCary. Um, Eamon, Eamon well knows. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, and it shows kind of the itinerant nature of kind of uh, of intercounty coaching at the moment. But in terms of state secrets and stuff, I think it maybe the idea might be overplayed a bit, is it? Ah, it is. It is. I think that's all. I mean, each year brings new challenges, new people, new faces, new players. You know, new oppositions, new environments. Everything changes on a year by year basis. I think the figurehead is really the most important person in the whole setup and I think he sets the tone and one of the no- most noticeable aspects I think from both managers when we went down to film them was how calm they were very very cool very very calm both of them now Jack and Parik you know like and I think that bodes well I think you know I you'd expect that because because obviously you know the 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 figurehead sets the tone for the entire group and if he's relaxed and he's calm and he's got a a really measured and cool and collected way about him I think that'll obviously effuse out into the rest of the panel and the rest of the players and I think that's he he's the person like the coach I think on the day yeah he can make some advice and he can do this and he can do that but I think you know, like a lot of the time, the backroom team, when teams win, you kind of look for narratives in a media perspective to hang things on. And, you, you know, people pick out the likes of the tallies and uh, Paul Canarks of this world. But ultimately, it's the manager. Like, the, he's the guy that sets the tone for the whole thing from top, from high I, up to I, low I, I think, Rory, it's... Um... It's a story that's, yeah. you know, it's completely overrated. Well, do, you know, do, you know what I, do you know what I thought was very interesting though, Kevin, was the fact that uh, Sean Horson, who was first All-Ireland final, by the way, is from the same club as Paddy Talley, yeah, right? And, and obviously that drifted into the Galway camp. And I was laughing, you know, because people were saying, Jesus, you know, that could be very biased now towards Kerry. And I was laughing and I was like, there's about 50, like I'm the chair of a GA club. There's about 50 people that hate my guts right? in, my, in my club. So there's no guarantee that Paddy and Sean Hurston are, you know, they might, they might. There wasn't, there wasn't uh, Brendan Cawley and Keenan Neal and other angle. But to, to go back to that one about, you know, it, it's an interesting story that, that they've been in different camps and, yeah. and uh, cross, cross, uh, 
cross-county nature of, of modern coaching and so on. I'm sure you're the same, Emma, but I, my experience as manager wasn't that I hadn't enough information. I had too much feckin' information. Yeah. I'm trying to filter it <laughs> into what was, what yeah. was, what was relevant. Useful. You know, because there was more emails and uh, match reports on opposition. And just if I stayed all time, all, all week reading it, I'd, now I wouldn't be in time to turn up for the match on Sunday. You know? <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't think I don't think it's a matter that you know one has more information than the other. Like with tape and statistics, and you you, you see there, uh, Johnny Bradley's report that we get at, at six o'clock on a Sunday. Sure, there's there's reading in it for a week if you went off on your bicycle. You know, so the um no I I don't I I, I don't see that as significant at all. Yeah, no. Uh, on the managers, Eamon, uh I think. I'd say Jack O'Connor is only not calm when he's the Kerry manager and he's not in an All-Ireland final. This is his natural state. Of course, he's going to be calm. But uh, on Porg Joyce, I think everybody's just impressed. Like, obviously, every I don't think there's anybody who ever watched a game of fo- Gaelic football who didn't adore Porg Joyce, the footballer. But since he's become Galway manager, you know, the fact that he said it in one of his first press conferences, you know, I'll be a failure if I don't win an All-Ireland. And just kind of the manner he's carried himself this year, um... I think he's one of these people, he's exactly how you thought he'd be if he became a manager when you watched him as a player. Absolutely, and sure, look, he was a brilliant player and um, he's a very successful businessman as well. And, you know, he's just, he's a very upfront person. He's, you know, he's one of those people you'd enjoy talking to because there's no, there's no beating around the bush. There's no, there's no kind of cloaks and daggers with him. It's straight out. He'll tell you what he's thinking, and uh, he's a very he's a very upfront person. But it hasn't surprised me how he's got on. I remember at the start when he came in, all right, and that I felt rather than the thing about um, you know, that he was there to win in All Ireland. It was the style of football that they were playing. Yeah. It's maybe a little yeah. naive. I yeah. I yeah. I felt at the start that was the only thing I said to myself. I was saying, mm, yeah. Mm. I'm not. I'm not convinced that you know that you you realize yes that mm. as much as every manager Kevin would be the same. Sure, I'd love when you're in charge. Okay, lads, off we go. It's gung ho. Yeah. <laughs> let's go for it now from the start. Every ball, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. We're yeah, going, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone would love that, but the, the, at that yeah. level of the game, it's not the real world. And yeah. there's a big difference between idealism and realism, Eamon. Like. Yeah, and and there's nothing like a bit of realism to yeah. get rid of the idealism. Flushes it right out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. When, the, when, the, yeah. When, the, when the results start going against you and, you know, they not only did a couple of results go against them, they had a couple of tankings and they had a couple of ones. Like, you lose a game by a couple of points, you say, okay, we need to tweak this, we need to, you know, how can we improve this? You get a couple of tankings and you start saying, hold on, lads, we have to have a serious look at what's going on here. We have to really revise what we're at. So I I think this year we've seen the real Padre Joyce from the point of view of he's absorbed the lessons and it's a pragmatic Joyce that's Mm. that's getting the job done, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about uh, calmness and that lovely sense of the build-up being under control, there's a in the military, you know, when you when you've done an overnight operation or you've been on lookout for the night, and he, he he's been debriefed in the morning, <laughs> and you say, "What were things like last night, Mikey, uh, over in the valley with the Arab on one side and the Jew on the other side, or whatever?" And and in every calm, 
but tense. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, build, the build up to these matches, of course, you're trying to project calmness. We all do. But don't for a second think that the summer, the butterflies aren't practicing Olympic somersaults uh, at the same time. And you're trying to manage all that. And uh, I suppose the good thing from a manager's point of view in these sort of weeks, uh, I, I, I didn't manage in all Ireland finals, but in big matches, not yet, Kev, not yet. Is, is that you have so many, you have so many um, things to keep talking about yourself and keep yourself busy and worrying about every one of the 34 in the panel and, and, the, and the backroom team and then really focusing in on the 15 starters as, as you get close when you, once you dock in the hotel. That it, it, like, it looks after itself, I'm sure, Eamon, doesn't it? It does. Do you know what I think the most important thing for a manager the week of, a, of an All-Ireland uh, Kevin, particularly the latter half is rest and mm -hmm. actually having your energy right, having your sleep right. Not, you said it there, you could be looking at stats and reports and you could look at one more video and you you, you could be doing that up until uh, three o'clock in the day, the All-Ireland. There's, there's always something else to be thought, thought of, but I think that it's important you get to a point. For me, it was the Thursday night beforehand. We got together as a group. That was our final thing until we travelled on the Saturday. And then you just cut it. You just cut it. And it was about making sure that when you met the group on Saturday, you were in good form. The energy was high. You were ready to go because, like, for, for the game on the Sunday, you need to be relaxed and rested yourself so that you can react on the line. Whereas if your head is full of stuff, it's very hard to have that kind of um, detachment that you mm. that you need to to just look at what's in front of you rather than saying, I expected it to go this way or I expected it to go that way or <laughs> why isn't this working? We practiced that. You're just saying, no, this, this now is what's in front of me and we have to react to this. So I think that's a huge part. Um, Jack will definitely have that right because he's he's so experienced at having yeah. been in finals for, for Podrick. I imagine as well, it's something that, you know, he'll be trying to get right, rest, high energy and in good form then when you meet the group on the Saturday so that they're not saying, Jesus, your man's like a bear. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. He, you know, he's there listening to Bjork or Sigur Ross on his AirPods anyway. He's nice and relaxed. He's he's listen, he's listen to the likes of us, <laughs> Oh God, I hope not. I hope mm -hmm. not. Okay, speaking of us, Egypt, I suppose we better get around to doing predictions. But Kevin, I'm going to come to you last because... Cut me and I bleed maroon, and uh, okay. you got two two of the staunchest Kerry supporters around here, so uh, I know which way those predictions are going. So I'll come to you ooh, last. Who the, the staunch Kerry no, supporters? Well, you you've been backing them since day one, is what I mean. You've I, been I predicting go, they're going to win the All Ireland all year. I have years. to go back to Cork. I have to go back to Cork after Sunday, Mike. You have to be careful about saying stuff like that. Sure, are not all of Cork growing in behind us for the weekend. Oh, all, no. all, all of Munster sticking together. Or the green and gold bunting is out down in Union Hall in all right no Rory what I meant is you have been backing them in terms of as a astute uh, Gaelic games journalist all year and you I'm guessing you haven't changed your mind since the semi-final no and I think look you know your history or be doomed to repeat it isn't that an old saying I think if you look at and I know we're going back and it probably has no relevance but then it does because I do think tradition is a big thing and if you go to the 70s last 73 74 then went on and took a gulp if you move on to the 80s they lost 82 83 then went on and won another treble 
skip the 90s because that's an outlier with eight different winners in 10 years. Do you look at the noughties? They lost a couple of bad, they lost a, a, an 02, and then obviously the Puke football won an 03, and then went on and I think made seven finals on the trot, certainly six, maybe seven finals in a row, winning four or five. And obviously the last decade belonged to the dubs. So there's a very clear lineage in Kerry football where they maybe have a couple of harrowing defeats and then the genie finally comes out of the bottle. And that's kind of what I see as well on Sunday coming. And believe it or not, I'm going to stick my neck out there. I think in the end, they could win comfortably enough. <gasps> Heresy. Eamon, tell me you in don't the end, I do. In the end. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a pint, a pint will do me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, half a pint. Yeah, half a pint, anything. I think, uh, yeah, look, I think it's going to be tight and cagey. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that the performance against the Dubs a couple of weeks ago will just kind of unleash something within the lads. I've no mm-hmm. doubt, having worked with them, that the potential is there. Um, you know, to, 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 to win the All-Ireland. But I do respect the challenge that Galway are bringing and uh, Galway have been just on a bit of a journey. In many ways, actually, they've kind of reminded me a lot of us in 2014 that, you know, we weren't given much of a chance that time. And not that we came from nowhere, but uh, I don't think we'd have been in the conversation and we were improving and going as we were going. And there was a kind of, players were almost surprising themselves with what they were capable of. And I've seen a bit of that in Galway this year. But I just think the experience from three years ago for most of the Kerry group, the fact that there's uh, four or five All-Ireland medal winners in the group already, the jack factor is a big factor. Um, I just think Kerry will have enough. But I think it'll be, I, I think it will be tight. I think it will be tight. Okay. Well, uh, f- for, for my part... I think that Galway have had so many tests and they've learned so much in every single game. And I still, my my argument at the start of the year is they've 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 too many potent scorers, and I just don't think Kerry can lock them down. And I think uh, Connor Gleeson has been he's been sent to goalkeeping Guantanamo, I'd say, for the last month. And he's gonna if the the first high ball that comes in, he's gonna come out like a kamikaze and take all before <laughs> him. He's gonna be a new man. I'm not worried about Connor Gleeson whatsoever. So that's why I think Galway are gonna win, but not comfortably. It'll be close. And uh, Kevin, you agree with me, of course. Uh, and I, but I, I want to steal. I want to steal thirty seconds before I, I give you. I give you my verdict because, as you know, we've been on a good bit. The four of us in the podcast, and Eamon has developed a reputation now in the in the in the G analysis. He's kind of known as Ball Hop Fitzmaurice, but then he, he became known as Double Ball Double Hop Fitzmaurice. <laughs> <laughs> and during during the course of my um, extensive research for the final yesterday, I was looking at one at a critical moment, at a critical moment in the match in the middle of the second half. Believe it or not, Shane Ryan came out and hopped the ball twice. And uh, I uh, hasten to add, the co-commentator is, is the man talking to you now. Uh, who <laughs> Didn't see it either. Dreadfully. And uh, in the following game, Kerry against Dublin, Connor or um, uh, Carmen Coslo double hopped down under the hill. And once again, I was the co-commentator, so uh, it's a it's a very difficult thing to to, to catch him. And, and I salute you. Uh, I'm a long time at the co-coms, and I, I don't know how you spot them so quickly. Um, but but well done. Your reputation is well earned. Your nickname is well earned now. Oh, geez, um, yeah. So that was that, that was funny when I was looking. I was thinking of you yesterday. <laughs> the, Thanks, Kevin. The the, um, the, uh, the match itself. I, I like I'm I'm where Eamon is uh, as really as well. 
Uh, I do expect this game to be brought to a significant moment. Uh, third quarter, if we had, if we had, if we still had the, the water stops, uh, somewhere down there, and a, a decision, a big decision, by a player, hopefully, uh, but it could be an official. That happens too, as you all know. Could be uh, Hawkeye. <laughs> I hope, well, we, we're hope, we, we hope he. He's he, a tough year. Yeah, he has. He, he's out of hospital. Quite, and we're quite, he's fully recovered. <laughs> he's, on, he's, over. He's, he's on the rumor mill down in Kerry as well about not being fully fit for Sunday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cataracts. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 with the standard of forward on view, I think they'll be splitting the post a lot. Even Hawkeye should be able to handle mm. those. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it, I think Kerry will win it. Um, but I can't rule out Galway because I, I've been around too long watching them to know that, you know, Damien Comer sticks the ball in the net in the 54th, 55th minute and Shane mm. Walsh tags on two monsters. You remember Jeff Fallon in that big final and those big points. And the next thing, the whole shooting gallery swings and, mm. uh, and uh, now the pressure points come on. Um, and yet we know Perry have got a magnificent gut check in the semi-final. So that's why that's why I'm I'm thinking they will see it out, but I don't think it'll be simple. Um, and I see maybe a two, three point, four point win for Kerry. Okay. Um, well, we're all looking forward to it. I think, sure I, think are. I think it's, think it's yes. going to be a good final. Uh, uh, can be fo- can be followed obviously on RT Television. You're back on RT2 this week, Roy. You're RT2 off this week, you're which is great. Up channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fantastic actually because if the game did, if the game got if the game went to extra time. Being on RT2 offers you slightly more flexibility <laughs> because the Angeles obviously has to happen at six o'clock. You know? <laughs> For whom the bell tolls. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Listen uh, on Radio and RT Radio One, as always, Sunday Sport. And uh, we'll have coverage across the RT website of the RT News app. And myself and Rory, and maybe these two, maybe two others, who knows? We'll be back on Monday to review the final. So um, enjoy the match, everybody, and we'll chat to you then. Good luck. Goodbye. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it!